Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good afternoon. Yes, you have arrived at Mystery of Parenthood. It is Wednesday. And um, and it is Trey and Stephanie. And it is Trey and Stephanie. Two weeks yeah, now in a row. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> We're rolling. We're uh, on a roll. That's right. But we'll begin with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. Pray for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yes, so um, we are live. I know we probably got y'all so confused. We're... Sometimes we're pre-recorded. Sometimes we're <laughs> sometimes we we're are live. live. It is uh, what is it today? Today uh, is Wednesday, September twentieth, and you can call in at eight five five six eight three seven three three two and join us today. Um, we thought we'd do a little continuation um, on our kind topic of where we left from off, yeah. yeah, kind of on our topic from last week of um, you know having kids be responsible for um, for their actions, and we kind of. After we ended the show, which always ends more, way more quickly than we <laughs> anticipate, we thought, "Wow, let's go through some some." So, what does that look like? How, yeah. how do we, you know, how do we do that? And I, and I think, and I think, in, and I think we're going to get uh, Thaddeus to share a story here that <laughs> yes. kind of makes the point. But, but before we do that, the um, this show has always been based on the fact that this, that the marriage and the family is meant to be. Um, to be a visible and outward sign of some invisible realities. And, and, and if we can look to the church for an example of how do we deal with times when we cross that line, when we, when we sin, when we break a rule, when, we've, when we're responsible for our actions, this is actually a way that in, inside the family that we can actually um, foster and help children understand uh, why we go to confession and what confession is about and what true forgiveness means and consequences. I, I think that this is, this is a way that we can make visible, handled appropriately, we can make visible um, the invisible truth uh, and, well, even the visible truth that what, of what the church does for us, what Jesus does for us in confession, in, the, in reconciliation and penance. And I, I just think that that it's it's something that's missing. That's why we're taking time to do it. But the, but the whole idea is something that seems to be missing, seems to not be taught um, that well. And and I think, like I said, uh, Thaddeus had an experience with it. With an, I mean, I guess this is an extension. It was an old enough, an older person. Yes. Right? So yeah. So so you know, maybe there are old people that haven't ever. Yeah. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, so we were playing golf in the playing uh, football in the backyard this after on Sunday afternoon and um chance would have it I, I got hit in the in the toe by a by a stray golf shot I assume it's a bad golf shot because I don't think the gentleman was was no. intending to put it there in fact he came over and said I, I'm sorry I didn't mean to hit you and I apologize and then he went on to give me about five reasons why it was my fault that I got hit by his golf ball <laughs> in my own backyard by the shape of my lot and where it was situated 
compared to the uh, tee box. And sir, if you're listening right now, I'm not mad about this. I have no hard feelings to you. I forgave you. Um, but I am talking about our encounter as an object lesson in this idea of taking responsibility. Um, and I, I didn't realize until later, I didn't think about it that, you know, I kind of stood there and let this gentleman tell me why it was my fault <laughs> that I got hit by a golf ball. Well, so I know, think maybe, you know, maybe he didn't, he could probably relearn those, that idea of taking responsibility or. Right. And I think, and I think it's, I think that, that the reality is, is that we have, um, the church and Jesus reveals to us our, our dignity and our dignity lies in our ability to be a responsible actor, you know, to be somebody who can choose to do something and, and go. I think with regard to what he's talking about, we always made a we always made a distinction between between when somebody actively chooses. Now, if I'm hitting that golf shot, <laughs> I promise you it's an accident. Because I could be aiming at you <laughs> and I wouldn't hit you. So Well, and I think it's a know, natural it's a natural tendency. Um, you know, because it takes some humility. And I think that's what I know where you're going with it, with your, with where you started on this is that we tried to, we tried to make a distinction between, um, just saying, I'm sorry and asking for forgiveness because there is a distinction. And to say, I'm sorry, if you really break it down and think about it, it's super easy to say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Or I'm sorry, you know, blah, 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 whatever the the reason is. It's much harder to say, I am sorry for, name it and claim it, I'm sorry for <laughs> uh, hitting you with the golf ball. Um, certainly didn't mean for that to happen, but I, I, I'm sorry for that. Would you please forgive me? And that leaves you very vulnerable and open, and um, it takes a lot of humility. And I know when we started going through this with the kids, I realized how much I just said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. Well, and then go. people say, oh, it's okay. You know, it's okay. And, you know, so we went through, I mean, we really very purposefully went through um, <laughs> the cash and act of contrition, um, you know, in our home to try to teach kids that you need, number one, you need to know what you're sorry for um, and, and name it and claim it. But then you need to humbly ask for forgiveness and, so, you know, hopefully. Yeah, so we're going to get, we're going to go through these, these things, but I, there's another distinction. So there's there, the distinction that she's talked about. But the other distinction is there's a difference between doing, and, and, and I'll make one other subtle clarification on this one. There's a difference between something accidentally happening that you didn't mean that did cause harm to somebody else and actually doing something that you willed that ended up hurting somebody else. You still would ask for forgiveness, but, but there's a different level in gravity when it's an accident. Now, the one way I'll qualify this is by saying sometimes what you do is an accident but because you willfully did what you already knew you weren't supposed to do. So here's the example. I've used this before. Playing baseball in the backyard, dad comes out and says to the boys, this would happen at the Cashin house, this did happen, <laughs> come out and say, y'all are throwing the ball back and forth towards the house, so please let's show be parallel to the house. And, oh, dad, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. The, the ball we're not going to miss. We're not going to miss. <laughs> and, and I mean, almost in, almost immediately. Well, it was immediate. I didn't even make it I back. I don't even think you closed the back door. I barely closed <laughs> the back door and the ball came into, it beat me back into the living room where I'd been sitting. So, so again, they said, well, that's an accident. And I said, of course, that, that, I know you didn't mean to throw the ball through the window, but where you're wrong and where you need to seek forgiveness is that you had been forewarned that that could happen and that you shouldn't be doing that anyway. You shouldn't be throwing perpendicular to the house. So I guess there's like three levels. One is just a flat-out accident. And promise you, if I hit you, <laughs> well, if I hit the middle of the fairway or if I hit Thaddeus or anybody else, a window, it's accidental. I mean, even if I hit it where it's supposed to go, it's accidental. Um, so golf with me and watch me golf at your own risk. And then the second level is is that that you can have an event that is an accident, but you should have known I shouldn't be doing. I broke a rule that was there to protect me from having that accident, and 
it's not the accident itself that's it, it's the real offense. It's the not listening to uh, the instructions that prevent it from that. And then there's just the flat out, I know this is going to hurt you. I'm choosing to do it, and I do it. Now, that would be the most grave of those three. In all cases, we do try to ask for forgiveness, but but I think it's important for everybody to kind of remember that. So, so we're going to go through. I thought it was kind of fun. It was a, a doctor, I guess, who, who actually has a – it sounds like maybe has a radio show, certainly has a blog um, on, ser- the, on serious doctor radio, I guess, that came up with – with these and I and like usual, this is secular media, but you know, some of this, while grace filled and while understanding maybe the meaning of it, there's a lot of positive things that you can gain from um, reading secular media on this. We just need to kind of baptize it a little bit. Ooh, Sometimes like it just that. fits, right? I mean, so baptize it. Baptize it. Well, yeah. that's I, that's stolen too. But. <laughs> It's, but, better, it's, it's better than my transparency. Uh, right. Well, <laughs> my my transparency, my Catholic transparency analysis, because transparencies are probably lost on most of our audiences. I'm, too, but, I'm dating myself. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> you don't know what that is. We have to figure out maybe another one on that. I like baptizing. Baptizing. But but so they, they came up with nine things that help teach children to take responsibility. Um, first of all, you take responsibility for your actions. And then when your actions offend someone, then you, you, that's when you ask for forgiveness. But these are just on how do we get our children to begin to start taking responsibility so that when they hit somebody with a golf ball, they maybe don't make excuses <laughs> other than maybe make fun of themselves and their uh, and poor their golfing, golfing skills. skills. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, so the first one I thought was great because I think this fits kind of into our funnel that we've talked about before. You need to start young. Um, so I said, you know, it says, I think it says, imagine your high school daughter calling you at work with a complaint, Mom, I'm hungry. When are you coming home? You say, well, make a sandwich. And she replies, I'll just wait for you. And they got the response of the kids needs to start early. So yeah. think, I think toddler. I, I mean, I th- right. Well, you have to be age appropriate as well, too. He, he did. Yeah, you don't want to tell your toddler that. to yeah. you know, fire up the grill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I love how he said, uh, I think at some point in that article that, you know, kids making their own sa- sandwiches is not a fantasy. Right. Which, you know, uh, I mean, in our house, it's a reality because, uh, I mean, I, they, I'm not getting up at four o'clock in the morning to <laughs> to make sure everybody's lunch is done, which is what time it would take to to get everybody's lunch. And I love I love watching how um, how each of them do it. Yeah. Like if you if you if you watch because we only have four at home now, but um, I love how you know there's there's the one that's like me who's not a, not a great morning person. His stuff is all laid out. Most of it's in the bag. The sandwich is made in the refrigerator in one little section, you know. Right. <laughs> it's just fun watching their different personalities. I've got the morning boy who, you know, gets up and makes his 10 sandwiches that he takes to school. And <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you and know, I- but it's it's great to watch their um, their different, you know, personalities and, and uh and whatnot. So So this uh, so this is like how, you know, I think start young means Give them responsibility. Get them in the habit. Our kids are where they're making sandwiches now because I think we've we've purposely tried to give them responsibility when they have had a chance. Even from the very beginning, when they didn't, we couldn't even talk to them. Like for example, early on, they had the responsibility of cleaning up their little playpen. Now we they weren't even old enough to to understand what responsibility meant, but but. But it was their job, and we help them do it. But if we put them in a playpen and, and we had, like, a puzzle and one other thing in there, of course, again, as a parent, not only age appropriateness, but something that's manageable. If you're trying to use that as a tool, don't open up the room and say, take out whatever you want, because then it becomes overwhelming to us, but but to the kid as well. So give them two things that you know that they can put up at the end, and then well, again, walk them through. Yeah. You're and teaching you can, your thinking funnel. You know when manage they're, when, when they're young, very limited. I mean, you know, we we started playpen time at 
two or three months old. Now, granted, they yeah they yeah and I yeah they weren't even rolling around. But I would you know and obviously they weren't really playing with anything at that point. But I would put in put on um, like Beethoven or that was when the the that whole Beethoven you know all the classical music which I'm sure still is a big deal but you just play classical music and and um and um and had little black and white little pictures you know in the corner um but when they got to be old enough where they could sit up it got to you know I would put things in the corner each corner of the playpen and they could take it out and play with it and then you know 10 15 minutes it wasn't long I mean they're you know they're you have to work up to right. you know to to 20 30 minutes of playpen time but um, you know, 10 or 15, 10, 15 minutes, whatever was tolerable. And wherever we were in the training, I'd go in, we had a crazy little song that I used to sing and I would take their little hand and we would clean up and we would pick up and put things back the way they were when they had been first placed in the playpen. This transitioned great when, um, they went from, you know, playpen time, you know, up till, I don't know, some, you know, depending on their size, 12, 15 months to, you know, when they went to room time at two, you know, um, and, and again, you're still, um, you're still monitoring and keeping control of what they have access to because it is overwhelming and they will take out and, and dump everything. So, and it's fun to put some things up in the closet and let them play with a few things, you know, and then right. rotate that through and put some other things up in the closet and take the other toys down and it's like Christmas, you know? So, um, that it was, it was twofold for me. It was teaching our kids structure and order, um, and some responsibility. Um, but it was also a break for me where I could go throw another load of clothes on. And I mean, you know, do a few of my endless to do things as a young mom. But yeah, so, so, so to start young, I said, what we're saying, you've got to purposely put them in positions where they can be successful being responsible for something. And the time to do that is when they're younger. So when they get older, you know, depending on how old they, they are, as you move forward, you would hope that the teenager has learned how to make something for themselves uh, and you've taught them that and maybe even given them the responsibility of doing that, um, which means not just the responsibility of actually cooking something for themselves, but cleaning up after themselves and, and, and putting it up. You're always thinking, how am I going to make this person understand as they go up over and over again that they are to take responsibility for their own actions and that they have the dignity to be able to handle certain things. We as parents just need to make sure that they're not overextended, that they're not doing something that they're really not capable of. And that means they, they may be capable of doing it, but because it might injure somebody, <laughs> you 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 don't want to do it. But there's lots of different ways. But that's our job is to keep working towards giving them more responsibility, more freedom, and then you evaluate that afterwards. That's how you go up the funnel. And, and like I said, when they get older, we tell them the way you get more. We give you responsibility. If you show you can handle it, then we'll give you more responsibility. And remember, the the funnel is a fluid. Right. Back and forth. <laughs> right. You can go down. You can you can, yeah. you can re you can yeah. recapture because you can say, look, yeah, I we gave I to. thought you were capable of this. You really didn't handle it. Here's why you didn't handle it or what you did wrong. We're gonna pull back and not give you that and then we'll come back and try this again at some point. Um, because you need to do this. So anyway, so start young. The second one says let them help you. And I think it's kind of an extension here. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's important. It says, don't don't grumble and mope when it's time to do housework. Smile and invite your son or daughter to help. It's I always teamwork. did that perfectly. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you believe that, I got some land and uh, <laughs> yeah, but the, I mean, the somewhere thing, for you. <laughs> the thing is, is that when you let them help you, 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 there's so many things that happen. Number one, you allow them some responsibility and when you fulfill responsibilities, there is a certain level of, uh, you know, uh, there's esteem. ownership. There's yeah. ownership. There's yeah. there yeah. is that. And I think that I think that letting them help you provides them with that opportunity. The other thing that letting them help you is it's a great uh, teaching opportunity to show them how do you. This is how you do this. Right. Now which you is, try it. Which is actually number three. I think those are really, yeah. I mean, a lot of these I are think they're, Yeah, they're so, yeah. Well, it's probably like two, three, and four is, 
um, is letting them help you show, show them the way and then model, you know, model it. And so I think those are all, um, you know, very intertwined. And you think about this as true discipleship. Right. I mean, you know, because, you know, what I, what I realized is there were so many times I was trying to get things done when they were sleeping or when they weren't around so that I could get it done and get it done quickly. And yet that was leaving them out of the training. Right. And so, so yeah, you, so you, so you let them help you again, be thoughtful about this. Don't just open up the gamut. I mean, choose something. Hey, you know what? I mean, in your mind or you and your spouse talk, hey, listen, why don't we let them try this? Why don't we let them try this? Unloading the dishwasher dishwasher was a great one, um, was a great one to do um, the the, uh, utensils. I mean, obviously don't have any sharp knives, but, but, you know, to let them and, you know, and then when I became a homeschooling parent, I realized, oh, my gosh. That's also teaching them some math. It's sorting and, you know, what's, I mean, you know, so when they're two and three, they can do that. And are you kidding me to stand on a stool, catch them, catch them when they're two or three, because that's when they really like to, to help. Right. And they're so proud, you know, to be, to be a productive member of the family. Cause, but it does, I think it's so important. It, it builds, it, it builds, does. I mean, I hate to use the word self-esteem, but it does build a sense of Purpose. participation yes. and I'm, I have value I can provide. Not that that's what causes value, but that, that <clears> I'm using something to help. And certainly when they do do it early on and even after, make sure you catch them doing well and that you praise them for it. So, right. so the first I think one, it's also yeah. really valuable to um, teaching them that they have, they have meaning as a, as a part of the family, as Absolutely. a member of the family, Absolutely. not as, not as an individual. And that, that goes against a little bit our, our tradition of individualism in this right. country, mm-hmm. but it's so hyper at this point in time that I think we need some tempering of that, of that individualism, Absolutely. that individualistic attitude. So, so showing Absolutely. them that they're a part of this family and they contribute to it and they make it, you know, go and work that that's good. No, well, that's really important. Yeah. We have that. We well, have I that have, discussion. Quite yeah, a bit. I have. I have note. I have my in my notes. Team Cashin. I mean, it was you know, and he does go on later in this to talk about not tying it um, to allowance, which is really funny because I I was making notes as I was reading this article, and I made that note before I even got to his his note because we never did tie it um, to chores. You had a certain responsibility in our household because just by the very nature of the <laughs> of the beast that you were a member of our household. And we always posed it to the kids that, you know, we want to go do things as a family. Like I remember growing up, my mom did everything. I mean, we had to clean dishes at night. We never did laundry. We never did, you know, and right, wrong or indifferent. The thing is, is that subsequently I remember she was never at any of our functions. I mean, she didn't go to all, to our, all of our basketball games or baseball games or football games and that kind of stuff. And that's what we've posted to the kids is, look, many hands means light work. And then and so that we can all go enjoy our time together as a family when you all pitch in and do your small part. Right. If, if a bunch of people do a small amount, yes. it's a lot of work being done. Right. And you have to remind that to even at, as teenagers, oh, you gosh, have to yeah, come in and say, ends. look, it never ends. You just you have to say, look, we like we enjoy being with each other. We like to go do these things. But this house has to be put together when we leave. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it can't. We have to have it in order. And so I think that's great um, to do that. And, and we kind of already mentioned number three. So the first one, again, was start young. The second one was let them help you. The third is show the kids the way. Again, take the idea of an apprentice. You know, take the time. Listen, this is something we have to offer up as parents because most of the time, if you're teaching them at appropriate level, they aren't going to handle something that you can handle so quickly to just get it done they're going to have problems with it. Well, and they're I mean, not, and they're probably not going to do it as well. And I can totally, I mean, this was totally my biggest struggle was bed making. Oh my gosh. I mean, their bed making, bless their hearts, almost looked like they had slept, you know, thrashed around and slept when they tried to make, you know, but you have to leave it alone. You have to, you know, because it will improve, I promise. 
Right. And you go back and you, you teach know, them again. Hey, you yeah. know, next time you could do this. Yeah. It's a process. It's yeah. not, it's not like just getting them to get it done. Right. It's for them to take ownership, take pride in doing it and realize that they're helping right. the family. So show them and be patient with them and, and with yourself and maybe take a little bit less. I mean, that doesn't mean strive to get better. It doesn't mean accept when they're 15 making a bed the same as when they were five trying to make a bed. Right. It's all age appropriate, but do show them the way. I mean, right. show them do how that to do discipleship, that um, walking with them in training. This is one that maybe, you know, you know, it's model responsibility, right? <laughs> so maybe that guy wasn't playing with his son or, or he wasn't. Or, okay. He wasn't because there yeah. were some four little words that were dropped in the midst of telling me how sorry he was that. Oh, wow. He hit me with a golf ball. <laughs> well, I like this. This is, I mean, this is kind of an extension of something we, I mean, it's kind of like the putting the things away. So, you know, b- uh, and talk about it. So model responsibility and talk about it. This is the, this is the person that's writing this. Banish a table full of dirty breakfast dishes with the line, now we put our plate in the sink <laughs> as the meal ends. You know, we, that's, this is what we do. It's what, it, and we always, you know, we, this is what a cash-in does. We do, so there's some ownership in the name. Um, you're modeling it, you know, but please <laughs> don't leave it at that because that's about, you know, now we put it in the sink. My kids are pretty good at putting it in the sink, but, you know, the ketchup is still there. <laughs> I mean, so it's not just put it in the sink. Let's get it to know, the dishwasher. Yeah, let's get, yeah, let's yeah. wipe that off. You know, let's make a little bit more effort and, and maybe put it in the dishwasher. So, but, but, but all again, steps, younger, steps. it's steps. It may be as good as you can do and maybe all you want to do to get a five-year-old to take the plate over and make sure it doesn't get cr- broken on the way and put it in there. But when they're... F- 15 and you know they can clean it up and the and the and it's made it to the sink so you know they actually brought it there but then it's they've not even rinsed it i mean it's like well i mean there's still another few steps here so yeah. anyway. i think um this reminds me though we're we're a little bit in this place especially with the older two of um that age that age appropriate thing right. is a fine line because sometimes they show a little bit too much initiative on things. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they start, they do things that, that actually make more work or they, something gets broken or, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think- you ask them to, to uh, mop the floor with the Swiffer sprayer. And there's a lot of spray on that floor. <laughs> and then the four-year-old comes walking through the living room, boom, slips but, on his tush. But, but, you know, I think, I think, and it, it is, I think part of the thing is, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then with that, with a person that age, and then that's how you kind of gauge yeah. this. Yeah. Are they capable of doing it? And guess what? You're going to make a mistake. I mean, oh yeah, and and, and so hey, you <laughs> mistakes have been made. Well, <laughs> you know, my, I I think of at ten years old, and I, I can remember how proud I was. My grandfather gave me a, a uh, an axe and said, "I want you to go cut some wood at 10. Now, that was a big responsibility yeah. until until I decided that this I want you this, to cut your hand off that this tree <laughs> that this tree that was down near the dock was kind of in the way, and so I started chopping it. I was about halfway there when I heard from up. What in the <laughs> are you doing? And I chopped down the cypress tree that he had planted. <laughs> and he was not happy. Uh, the interesting thing is, is that thing grew back and is bigger and has four. It's beautiful now. But uh, so God can take mistakes. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Listen, Gramps, right. I got this. <laughs> but, I'm an arborist, future arborist. All right. I still, yeah. I still, I still remember, though that and I think it's important and I did make a mistake and he did reap the uh, benefits of that. <laughs> but just make sure that whatever it is, you know, recognize, okay, I'm 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 risking a mistake here. What would that mistake look like? You know? I'm not gonna tell my twelve year old go back the car out because <laughs> people <laughs> might die. Things might get broken. But anyway, so four is model responsibility. Five is praise them. I can't tell you how important I think this is. You have to, again, this is purposeful parenthood. You have got to catch them doing something well because it's so easy to catch them doing something not well. I mean, that's, that is, 
those things jump off the page. Mm-hmm. And and you and you really have to make an effort. You're lo- you're looking for those things. That's that's my problem. <laughs> right, I'm, yeah, I'm looking for you to make a mistake, <laughs> sucker. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, you are. I mean, you're you're you're, yeah, you're kind of doing that. Well, because you don't yeah. want to have you know if it's not well done, then I'm gonna have to do it anyway. So what's the purpose of letting you do it? I mean that that's kind of the that's kind of the that's kind of the way it you know you in your I guess uh, efficiency rating. <laughs> Of, of parenthood, that's it. But you have to catch them doing something well. I mean, you really do. And so particularly when they take when they take some ownership and some lead, even if they don't, you know, even if they don't do it exactly how you did it, but they they took the initiative. initiative that's what I. They did yeah. try. They tried to do it like you. Yep. Did it. Man, make a big deal out of that. I mean, they need to hear that. Um. And it's great to not, you don't have to fabricate it. It means so much to them to do it. But I always say try, because this will never happen, but try to try to find two things a day that they, because you're going to find at least two things they did wrong almost every day. Uh, so try to find two things a day to catch them doing well. Man, I got four kids. That's six things That's, I got to find. Exactly. No, eight. That's, That's eight, eight things eight. I got to find. We do That's a lot. Things. But it's, if you shoot for two, you'll get one. You yeah, know? I mean, so <laughs> aim you know, high. Aim aim high. high. <laughs> um, but because I think I think that is that's where there is more benefit from catching them doing well and praising them. It's much more long lasting than the than the negative. Not not the negatives you have to do, but I mean you have to correct. Yeah. But you need to catch them doing good because if they they need to know, hey, they do recognize when I do. Something I really like. have to do that with my my nine year old son. I'm so, I'm so hard on him. But no, I'm so demanding of him. It's well, he's the oldest. It's and, the oldest. You know, it's so. the oldest syndrome. I know. We look back now too with I mean, with Trevor. I mean, our expectation of him as the oldest. You you, you don't know what you don't know until you kind of. I mean, parenting is such hindsight. I mean, yeah. you know, the good news stages and yeah. So the good news about having a lot of kids is, you know, by the time you get to number six, you're kind of like, oh yeah, I remember hey, number stage. six. You're actually not messed up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, but you know, I mean, I do, I do think that, I, I think that, it, like you said, you know, I need to do that. You have. To, this is we've always talked about being purposeful. purposeful. You have to make a decision. I am going to catch them, even if I have. Not, I'm not fabricating right. it, but if I see a kid. Even just go over and say a kind word to a young to one of their siblings or whatever. You know, you don't have to make a big deal in front of them, but you might pull them over thirty minutes later and say, "I, I saw that, and I, I I just want you to know that that is very much a romantic thing. I think you did you did a good job." <laughs> just to let them know, it also reinforces. That and sometimes kids, I think, make the mistake of assuming what made you happy. And I think it's important, just like them claiming when they make a mistake, for you to actually to detail what made you most happy about it. Because because sometimes they'll make, you know, they'll make the mistake of applying it to something that really isn't that. Because sometimes it's the heart that they show. It's not the the thing that they did. The thing yeah. that they did. So you want to point them back to the heart. You know. That's good, but what I saw was actually you being a kind big brother. Right, that, that, it was the heart that made me happy. Right, that was just the way of doing it, and that's again purposeful. It takes what a minute to do that. I mean, if you, I promise you, invest two minutes in every kid, a minute at a time, <laughs> just catching them and and explaining what what makes you happy. Those are those pennies that you just keep pitching in the deal that add up tremendously over time. That emotional bank account. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and use 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 the words. I mean, use you know um, virtues and um, you know. I mean, you are these are all kindness. Yeah, self you were self you were sacrificial. Yeah, you, know. you were uh, you know unselfish. I mean, use the use the words. I'm I'm convinced that kids are never too young to start with a big vocabulary and to learn, um, yeah. you know, to, to learn the words and the fact that it's a virtue and we want to practice that. And, um, and I we mean, started using you know, the word modesty long before kids had any, the word modesty. Oh yeah. And yeah. then you start, with Barbie dolls. With Barbie I mean, dolls. that's, I mean, you know, that's how ours started. So, but I mean, again, if, <clears throat> if, 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 if anything that this show, if you've ever listened to the show length, 
you've got to be purposeful and it doesn't take much. It just takes being engaged and thoughtful about what you're doing. All right. Don't pass up that opportunity to, to praise them. The, the number six, I think, is really important too. Manage your expectations, right? When you, when you ask a five-year-old to make her bed, this gets it, you know, it may be a little lopsided. So don't criticize, recognize a And job don't well go done. back and redo it. And, and don't I, go back I, and redo oh it. Oh, gosh, I had to yeah. sit on myself to not do that. But, I mean, you, you undermine every, I mean, you're just, you undermine everything you're trying to accomplish when you go and redo a job, especially with something like a bed being made. That it, Let that go because, you, you know, you're, you're, what are you teaching them if you go back and redo it for them? You, you, you're not good enough. You don't, you don't do a good enough job. And so, but, the, but you don't leave. So again, and the time to do this is not like right when it happens. It's like, you know, the next day after you've already praised them for doing it. Hey, let me show you something. This is a trick that I'm going to show you about how you, how you do this, you know, and then, and then teach them, but not like where they recognize this is, Oh, you're really not happy with what I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it takes longer. It, it, it takes hard. more effort. <laughs> it takes, I could just do this and it'd be over. You know, that's why I say that is a, an excellent um, analogy for what God does with us. I mean, we continually mess things up and he could take it out of our hands. But even when he came and sent his son to die for us and gain us the graces that we need and show us the way, and provide the way, even when he did that, he still gave it back to us and say, please do it and allow me to help. And my grace, I'll forgive you when you make that, and I'll give you more grace. And that, I think that's the way you want to you show your, your kids. I think where we are right now with, say, picking up their rooms, for instance, is, you know, we get down, we, we ask them to do a portion of it, then we get down get down and dirty with them and kind right. of finish the job. Cause, cause it has to be picked up, you know, you right. can't Absolutely. leave it Absolutely. halfway done. So you got to get down and do it with them. But then what we also try to build on is since we do it with them and they see the kind of end state that it's supposed to look like, then some occasionally we'll say, okay, go pick up your room or, or such for instance, and do it to the level that mama and papa want it done. Right. And so then they're kind of like reaching back in their memory banks and well, they have something okay, to this tag is it what on. it looks like. Yeah. So I'm going to try to do it to that level. And then you come in and you praise them and you thank them for picking it up. And then, yeah, like maybe you come back like the next later. day and say, uh, still found this pair of jeans rolled up in the corner. That's not okay. But I think you can, exp- <laughs> I think you can explain it like this. I think it's a good, there's a good spiritual tool here. Look, if you can remind them and, and even contextualize it within the, the context of what it means to be a Christian, we all make mistakes. The journey is always we improve, but we ne- we're, we're always striving for So there's always something that can be improved. Yep. Good, better, that's, best. That's a good so, – so, so it's not a negative to say, you, this is, hey, this is one thing you could do a little bit better next time. But look, you've moved from here to here. You're, you're t- tremendous growth. Mm-hmm. I think that's a spiritual tool too. You can you can extend it beyond just cleaning up the room. It's yeah. a it's a it's a life lesson that says, look, it's not about going from okay, I'm going to work at it, and then now I'm going to be the best at it. Right. No, I'm going to work at it, and I'm going to get incrementally better. And the job of the person that's an authority, a parent over me, is to encourage me to keep working at it. Praise me for when I do well, but then extend it and say, okay, but let's try to do this the best. It's also been wonderful to see. I've seen Robin say, so did you clean it up to the level I want it? And to see the the child go, "Mm," and go back (laughs) to the room and do it better. So then they're evaluating their actions and they're being honest. Right. And that's another very important thing to do is actually engage them in Letting them. Well, that's what I was just thinking. I mean, you know, when you walk into the room and you see the pair of jeans, because it is great. We can go in and it's like they might as well be neon, you know. So, hey, right. if you look around, throw it back on them. So if you look around, did you do the best job you could do in here? 
And that way then it's their ownership and yeah. not you saying you left the jeans in the corner, you know, um, right. it's because it, your kids are probably old enough to, you know, to that, catch that. I and mean, again, four or five year old, probably not, but we're, uh, we're always trying to move to where, to where, and this is, again, you can explain this to your kids at some point you're going to have to own this. Now you don't, you may not say that with a, with a five-year-old at some point, I'm not going to be there to show you what it's like for a room to be really clean. <laughs> I want you to know this is what it looks like, but but you got to own it. So the more that you put it back on them and allow them to be evaluate, you know, to evaluate it themselves, to to see that the more you're actually tapping into and letting them experience the dignity of being able to recognize when I fall short, but also the mercy and charity and love that a good father or a good mother has to say, yeah, you know, but here's how you could do it the next time and keep encouraging them and moving forward. Again, you're being a visible sign when you're doing that of what God does for us. Right? God doesn't want to leave us in mediocrity. <laughs> he wants us to be great. But he also knows that we're coming from not so great, you know, and, and we have to work. And that's the good news of grace and God's never-ending willingness to forgive and challenge and and call us to something higher and greater. So I like this one, and, and, and you got to be careful. The this number seven after manage your expectations is avoid rewards. And I'm not saying of that you always avoid rewards. I'm not. I'm not even. I don't even remember what all he said in here. But I. But I think that you that you have to do a really good job of, of, of what, again, where do we want the motivation coming from? From within. If, if you over-reward stuff, then it becomes an external. And I've seen people that, I'm not going to do it because you've always given me a candy when I've, when I've done well in the grocery store. I've always got a candy. Where's my candy? <laughs> and you can get it to where the, the only reason they're doing it is for the external uh, reward that you've got to get them to take it into themselves. So rewards should be oftentimes random, meaning unexpected, which actually leads itself to surprises, mm -hmm. you know, very fun, very fun, you know, where they don't expect it. And then something happens. Um, I think rewards are also for doing things that are above and beyond the call of duty, you know, um, so we, we usually have somebody to help us with our weeds. You know, that's something I would pay somebody to do. Well, now the kids are old enough. If one says, I'll go out there and do it, I'll say, well, I'll, I'll pay you for that because it's, I'm not, I haven't asked you to do that, you know, and I'm going to, I would pay somebody else. So look for those opportunities, but things that we should expect for them, don't reward them for that at least all the time. Right. I mean, have it be arbitrary and a good way to know whether they're doing it for the external is just try that one time to have them do the right thing and don't of course don't promise on the front end that you're going to do it and then not do it but just go in have them do well and then withhold it if you see a tantrum or something then you got some work to do that's a good testing point on that so did you have any other comments no i think that was his i mean that was his whole point about tying it to to um to you know, tying chores and stuff to to money, you know, to to an allowance, and so right. Uh, I think that was definitely. Uh, but just don't get in the habit of everything that they do yeah. is a reward. Sometimes the reward should be just the that you did the, a good job. You did a good job. <laughs> I mean, and and take pride in wow, that that's excellent. Um, then we get to number eight. Number eight is provide structure and routine. I'll have to defer to the structure and routine guru. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Okay, and the funny thing that I, I had to <laughs> laugh about this, you know, about this, because I can't tell you how many moms have asked me, what chore routine did you use? And I'm like, there is nothing out there, nothing. And if, if I am wrong and there is something, please know. call in 85 Love Red Sea mm -hmm. because we got a crowd wanting to know. There is nothing that does not require purposeful parenting and management. Nothing. Um, it, you know, we are, uh, we all are sinners and fall short. And that, that starts from very young to very old. Um, I do have to say that 
it changed with seasons as you know, when the kids were young and, and stickers on things were fun and, and, you know, um, a, a big, you know, a big, uh, visual and, and, and something fun that they wanted to do that worked, you know, making a, a chart with, when you finished your bed, you got to put a sticker on, make, you know, it was just a list, make your bed, brush your teeth. Um, you know, yeah, didn't we do like, like your Monday, Wednesday, I mean the whole, we had like a sheet yes, that they it was filled a, out. Yes, it was you know? a sheet. So they got, you got to stick a, you know, sticker on, um, and, and, and of course when they got older, it was words when they were younger as pictures. I mean, you know, we started with pictures that, you know, um, I will say the the best chore system that I ever found was this um, this system by uh, Scott and Tracy Heaton, H-E-A-T-O-N. They had a book called Accountable Kids. And, um, I, I, you know, I'm not recommending that you have to go buy the whole starter kit or package. Um, but Accountable Kids was a great framework to work from. Um, and it was, uh, it, it was just a system where, you know, I had hooks on the side of the refrigerator. They were, you know, their chores were on one hook and there was a, you know, there was just two hooks by your name and you had your chores hanging. And when you finished them, you moved them to the other hook, you know, turned them yeah, over and moved them that. over. Yeah. yeah. It was great because, and, and, you know, it was a great opportunity at that point. The kids were older to talk to them. You know, you've got a boss that's going to one day, that's going to expect you to um, complete, you know, what, what you're supposed to do in your day. And they're not going to be standing over you and telling you each thing you have to do. You have to know what you, you know, know what's expected of you and, and complete it. So that really has been, and the funny thing is we still use that today and we have high schoolers. Um, we've moved it just to, um, rings, just to rings on a, you know, on, on hooks in our, and, and, and the kids decided that they, wanted to do a chore a week. So the chores in our house include like sweeping that, um, uh, you know, like sweeping the floors, laundry, um, emptying the dishwasher, feeding the pets, um, those kind of things. So it's a rotation. They wanted to do it. They said, I want to do unloading the dishwasher for a week. And then I want a, a different chore for the next week. So include your kids when they get to be that age. Again, there's that ownership and that esteem of, you know, of being a part and of the And that seems process. to work pretty well with us now because they all know, well, yeah, hey, Kingsley did this last time, and yeah. so that means that I would do this this time. And, and you know, so I think that really is But it helpful. still takes reminders. But and, so, and so you need, yeah, you do, yeah, we do. It <laughs> takes a lot of, it takes that. Um, provide structure and routine. Um, I want to get, I know we just got a little bit more time. The, the last one I think is really important, teach consequences. And again, I think it's important, again, as we talked about, that, Praise is a consequence. There are rewards. Are consequences. So when we use consequences, don't necessarily tie that because I think typically, or at least in my mind, I think, and then first thing that comes to mind is is something um, negative. Negative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, know, but prohibitive. But <laughs> there are those times when if you have evaluated that you feel like there has been enough training and that's where it, right. that's where it comes in in hindsight for me looking back you know there there needs to be an evaluation of um did i train them to do this well enough that they should be able to you know to do it then yes there does and so we did there were consequences of you know tv time being taken away or you know the next um play date you got invited to you couldn't go I mean so there were consequences and and for each kid I wish there was a uh, a, 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 a set list but it, you know what you find what it. gets to each kid is very very different. again the, the 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 reason for that is that you have you want to get to their heart you want to get them to turn around so you got to find that which means something to them in order to do either way positive or negative I think that um one of the things that we always used to do, and I think it's really important, is tie consequences to choices, right? Right. What you, this is a choice that you made, and as a result of that choice, this is the consequence of that choice. And I, I think to use those words, mm -hmm. you know, what was your choice? <laughs> what, what, you know, you, you could have done this or you could have done that. Mm -hmm. And you chose to do this, and this is what happened. Why is that? Again, you're getting at them having a framework to understand I'm responsible I'm responsible for this and I when I have a choice I need to evaluate those choices carefully because they're going to have a consequence uh, that's life so if you're doing that when they're five six seven 
just use those words. With what, what about when you choose to stand in your backyard and you still get hit with a ball? <laughs> well, sometimes bad things happen to good people. Oh, which takes us back right? to last week. <laughs> that was last week. Okay. So yeah, listen to last week's episode. <laughs> what's right. Listen to last week's episode. Yeah. Because sometimes it's true. Sometimes you make no other choice and, and you just get a, you get a consequence that is we live in a fallen world. Right, right. Yeah, people don't hit straight drives. Talking about fall. Yeah. Fallen right. world. Golf ball fell on me. So, so do we have a memory verse for this week? We yeah. do, of course, of course. Well, I think I just, you know, the fact that all of this, I mean, all of these, you know, ways to teach responsibility, I, I just laughingly thought to myself, it is hard. It's hard. I know we've always talked about parenting is hard, the big, big newsflash. Um, but, but it is hard and it takes being consistent and, and, um, and certainly prayerful. Uh, and so we're going to do Romans 5, 3 through 4. It says, let us exalt to in our hardships, understanding that hardship develops perseverance and perseverance develops a tested character, something that gives us hope and a hope that will not let us down because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. Actually, I think I did three, three, five. Um, Hope. I mean, I think I hope that's what this show is for uh, for so many of you, Um, you know, is is some hope in your parenting because it's hard, but it really is fun. <laughs> it's fun. And, and, it really and, and is. You, and you really, I was telling somebody that my greatest joy now is to watch kind of the fruit of our labor uh, with our kids. And, and that's where we're shooting. That's what we're shooting for. Absolutely. So it's, again, the fortune comes from the small pennies being pitched in day to day, moment deposits. to moment. So. And remember, only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. God bless. Pray for us. We're praying for you. Yeah, and thank you so much for listening. We'll hear you. We'll be with you next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood.